Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is not Vicky Barcelona. Nope. She is still on assignment. That's right. But the show's namesake is BJ Shea, and he's right over there. That's the least I could do since Vicky's decided to bail on this show, unlike me where I'm here Sometimes. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Let's look at the track record on that one, buddy. But running the boards is Joey G's. Hello. Hello, Mr. Consistency over there. Hey, we're here, Rev. <laughs> on today's show, we will be talking board games as BJ reviews and talks about some of his favorite things. Okay. We'll also get the uh, our reactions, well, Joe and BJ's reactions to the Halo TV show. Oh, yeah. BJ's going to talk about some superhero CW shows, including Flash, Superman, and Lois. Oh, yeah. And then we'll get your guys' reviews about the season finale of Raised by Wolves. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, I don't know. Do they have even wolves in it? I mean, oh, it's one of the greatest <laughs> names ever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test Joe. See oh. if he knows what the title means. Oh, really? Because it's parenthetical in my mind. Okay, well, uh, we'll save that for the end there. It's so. going to get deep. Get ready for a quiz, Joe. Oh, okay. yeah. If you guys want to uh, get a hold of us, maybe quiz us, you can send us an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. You can send us a Facebook message or a Twitter message or, I don't know, smoke signal. You can do whatever the hell you want. But you can find all of our links, all of our contacts, all of our older podcasts, and, of course, more at bjgeeknation.com. And also, you can find us on the Odyssey app. You can spell that A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can find all sorts of cool music, all sorts of fun things on there, and, of course, our podcasts. Now, let's get right into some of that board game talk, uh, BJ, because we haven't really been able... Well, we've been able to talk about board games, but I like it when... I mean, I've been looking at the list of the board games that you've been playing, oh, yes. and it's a never-ending list. There's just never so, ending. so many. So I didn't want to steal your thunder on any and let you just uh, talk about a couple here. Yeah, you could go to the bottom of that list. I probably will never get to those. <laughs> Uh, if you ever, if you ever want to talk about board games, you can just look them up yourself and go, "Hey, here's okay. a game." <laughs> fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Yeah, because that list is way long. It's super um, long. Uh, but a couple of games I played recently, and uh, one of them is a brand new game from AEG that was on Kickstarter. But when uh, AEG puts out games, you can pretty much buy them. You yeah. Know, once they come out, and uh, this is a game called Dead Reckoning by John D. Clare, who's made a lot of great games, uh, including uh, Mystic Veil, Space Base, things of that nature. You may know him from that. And Dead Reckoning is a pirate game. So Ooh. if you like pirates, you're going to love Dead Reckoning. <laughs> uh, and it's a it's kind of a 4X pirate game because you are oh, going to wow. you're exploring, you're expanding, you are exploiting and you are surely uh, exterminating. So you can do all of that. Sounds like a normal pirate sort of affair. Uh, That's a very piratey game. And it does <laughs> and and it's also, I mean, I don't call it a, it's it, it's not a deck builder because he's using the card crafting system that you have in Mystic Vale. Where, if you remember Missy Vale, you always have the same set of cards. You just make the cards better. So it's kind of add to it and kind of like almost like Voltron them as you're going along. Exactly. And so, because of that, you really can come up with some powerful combinations for your cards. And in this game, the cards are characters on your ship. So you have a captain, and you have deckhands, and you have a boatsman, and you have a buccaneer, and all these different characters that have different starting abilities. And you can upgrade the characters themselves as well as add advantage 
advancements to them. And so you between the upgrades and the advancements, I mean, all of a sudden the card you started off with is like a super card by the end of the game, which does just so many cool things because you've crafted it and upgraded it to just amazing town. And that just means us at, at that point, the replayability is pretty big on that because you can like do whatever you want as it goes along with the game and you might not get the same card as you're going along, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I mean, you will have the same, you'll, you'll have the same starting cards, but you yeah, won't get yeah, the same advancements. Can, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of like piece it how you're playing the game at that time. So for instance, your buccaneer at one point might be really good at helping you sail or might be good at helping you take control of, uh, of different uh, islands that you come across, or it might be good. He might be good at battle. It really depends on how you sleeve him up with the advancements. And the idea is, is you've got a bunch of different, you know, unknown areas to explore. You explore it, you flip over the card, and then that's an island. And then you can uh, do so many things on the island, including buy the advance, or if you come in contact with a merchant ship, you can either trade with the merchant ship and be peaceful, or you can fight the merchant ship and see how that goes. Um, and there's even a campaign mode. So if you got, oh. and, and so there's two campaigns. So the regular game just plays by the way it does, and boom, but then you can add campaign cards to it and just have an ongoing campaign that will, you know, you get to keep your characters leveled up in a certain way or they get special abilities that carry on from campaign to campaign. So either way, whether you play it as just a, uh, you know what, I'm going to play it as a one-off every time, but play, you know, play it as a different game every time or campaign it, it's a really, really good game. I like it a lot because of the fact that, you know, it's kind of card crafty deck builder, but you're also going out with your ships and then you can be a pirate and not a pirate if you want to be. And, uh, <laughs> and there's so many different ways to get points in the game. So I, I just like, I just like the aspect of the game is like, this is a piracy game, but I don't want to be a pirate. Yeah, sometimes you don't want to be. Sometimes you'd be like, if I'm a pirate, that's going to be bad for me. Because uh, when you're a pirate, anytime anybody lands in your space, they fight you. Oh, and so okay. you're kind of yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't have enough cannons for this, so no. But then other times, if you're a pirate, you want to be a pirate so that people can't try to steal your islands because when you're a pirate, they always have to fight you first. So there's a lot of ways to try to maneuver around in this game to score points. And, and then the end of game is decided by just achievements that you will get along the way. And the first person that gets four achievements along the way, which will give them extra points, also triggers the end of the game. And what I like about the game is, is that they also have a way for people who take their last turn to be a little bit more protected so that someone just can't snipe on them. You know, you sit there and you you build up everything you need, and then somebody on their next, the last turn, just because they go last, gets to go take all your stuff away. This game actually has prep, you know, has a, you know, precautions for that and mechanics to stop that. So there's a lot of good fairness you got to play. It's, it, it is a really fun game. And then the story aspect is great because there's a whole story mode that goes with the campaign mode where, you know, you come onto an abandoned coast and you flip a card over and it sometimes gives you objects that you get to have that nobody else gets to have that you carry through the campaign. So it's like either way, whether you want to play it just as a standalone game or you want a nice campaign to go along with it with two great stories with episode one and episode two. It's pretty darn good. It makes it sound like you're not playing against your board game ne nemesis, Sean, though, because I feel like in a pirate game, he would just try to kill you every turn. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's... there's <laughs> good call. <laughs> Josh Josh has a nephew who's the Sean Jr. Sean Jr. So, <laughs> You've already called so him Sean Jr. <laughs> when you, so when I, when I play him or Sean, 
I know what my strategy is. I'm just going to upgrade my boat with cannons, 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 cannons. <laughs> and, and, and so that way, when he tries to come at me, I'm like, dude, this is not going to go well for you. <laughs> and I mean, that is a strategy. That's the cool thing yeah, is that you yeah, can go, all right, like this it. is yeah. what I'm going to do. And you just run around and look for places where you can find all the cannon advancements. Because uh, every time you explore an island, there's always something there that will help out you help you out. And you can upgrade your you can upgrade your ships, you can upgrade your guys, and it's really it's a very very well done. And the dice system is awesome. It's not dice. You have cubes that you drop. Uh, and there's a game called Immortals, and there's another game I can't think of that have a similar system. And John D. Clare said he was inspired by this. You drop cubes, and then the cubes land in different parts of this big tray. Looks like a pirate ship. Yeah. And then it's pretty interesting. You could be in a battle. You could sink the other person's ship, but still lose the battle. Or you could lose the battle, but still gain a ridiculous amount of resources because of it, depending upon where the cubes fall. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like getting into battles isn't that bad in this game. Uh, the only thing that hurts is if somebody sinks you, it is a five point swing or more. Uh, and boy, that's why sometimes you want to make sure that you'd like losing battles isn't a big deal unless you're taking damage. And if you take damage to the point where you get sunk, that's the beating because the ah. person that sinks you gets to take at least five of your money. They get to loot you. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. But, but whereas when you lose a battle with somebody, they don't. If, you, if they didn't sink you, they don't necessarily. They don't take anything from you. Uh, but you no. still could actually. But okay, you still could okay. get other stuff, and you know it still could be good for you. And you'll also you know get a victory condition that's met as well. So there, I mean, there's a reason to attack. But getting sunk is a beating. I won a game. Because I went out and sunk somebody and took like eight bucks from them, and that made you sink that, my pirate ship. That was a sixteen point difference, and that gave me the win. Like I Damn. won by two points, and oh. he, he came in second. Oh, a little so, salty there, then I bet. Yeah, so it was like you really. <laughs> it's I like it because the game is like, yeah, you can try not to defend yourself, and you won't build up the weapons. You, I'm going to put a lot of sails and go running around and explore. Okay, but you better be careful. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, because if somebody comes at you, brother, all <laughs> your things are dead. And that's Dead Reckoning by AEG. Yeah, one to four players, and uh, it's I'm sure it's available uh, at all game stores where you go, like our buddies at Zulu's uh, in Bothell, or I'm sure it's available on Amazon or definitely at the uh, AEG game store themselves. Yeah, 100%. What's the other game that you've uh, been playing or checking out? Well, if a lot of you folks are excited that Dune is back on HBO, so you can watch it as many times as oh, you want. Oh, it is? Yo, nice. Yeah. I want to do that again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 good. I like it a lot. Dune Imperium uh, was, a, I didn't realize when Dune Imperium was released last year that, or even a year ago before, actually, now that I think about it, uh, I didn't realize it was actually based on this new movie. Oh, uh, really? I, I, yeah. I, I just, I looked at the characters and I go, well, they don't look anything like the characters from the, uh, you know, the David Lynch movie in the 80s. And I figured, well, maybe they just got some artists to make them look whatever they think they should look like from the books. And as it turns out, no, this is actually based on, you know, the movie that we're seeing on HBO and, and wow. movies. And uh, they came out with a, an expansion. It is a worker placement game with a cool fighting system and uh, a cool way to influence the houses. So you're you're traveling up house tracks to get influence. You're placing your workers in such a way so that you can do different things that you'd like to do in the game, including battling. Uh, and there's only 10 victory points in the game. So really, it's like, okay. Interesting. Uh, it, yeah, it, it is like, it's not easy to get victory points in, in Dune Imperium. But it's a clever worker placement game. It was running neck and neck with uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak that when they, they both came out at the same time and a lot of folks were saying which game is better because they're both worker placement games. Uh, one's, of course, you know, like a Raiders with a Lost Ark theme game and the other one, of course, based on Dune. 
And uh, the expansion, what it does is it now adds more stuff. Uh, they, they've replaced a board with a new board that gives you a little bit more information with the Space Guild and uh, allows you to take some advantage of inter- interacting with the Space Guild, giving you cool stuff. The longer you go up and, and interact with them, it's sort of like you're taking your spaceship out and gathering more stuff. And the further you go, the more stuff you get. But that takes time. Uh, you also have these new, uh, these new pieces called Dreadnoughts, which really add more to the battle and can also take control of some ground areas if you win. Uh, and boy, some guy pulled off a combo where he got a great technology <laughs> mixed up with a Dreadnought and one other card. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy is just going to kill us this entire game. Um, <laughs> which he did. Which he uh, did. All right. <laughs> and speaking of technology, there's now a tech board. And uh, so you've got that going on. And, uh, you know, being able to get technologies in the game. So you have more things that you can do, place your workers, give you an advantage. Uh, also, more cards added to the game because it's a deck builder as well. It's a deck building worker placement game. And it's, a, it's always, you know, Dune Imperium is a clever game where you can use your cards for three different things. And uh, they even use the Magic the Gathering madness mechanic where if you discard cards, oh, you, you get something. It. Okay, that's and pretty cool. if you discard, and if a card that you discard is discarded, like the Magic Mechanic, that even gives you more. Oh, wow. Yeah, so you know, remember you remember how that Madness was totally, like I said, if this card was discarded from your hand... Then a thing happens, yeah, yeah, And then, of yeah. course, Madness says, discard a card and you get something, and you're like, wow, I am double, triple dipping on this whole thing. And that's what they've added to uh, some abilities in Dune Imperium with the, with the deck building aspect of it. Uh, and also more guys, more stuff, and so the deck is a lot bigger, a lot more variety uh, for you to do all the things you got to do. So it's a clever worker placement game. Uh, also, I think they added uh, four to eight more characters. So now you have a lot more characters to choose from, asymmetrical starting characters. Fair uh, enough, yeah. You know, so yeah, it is, uh, it's a fun game. I like it a lot. And uh, Dune Imperium is put out by the fine folks at Dire Wolf. And, and they've done some of the, the amazing games like Clank, and, yeah. Uh, like oh, which okay. I like, I love Clank. It's like one of my favorite games out there. So it's like these guys know what they're doing when it comes down to board games. So yeah, so get Dreadnoughts, get some more technology uh, from from uh, Ixian Technology, of course. It is Dune Imperium: <laughs> Rise of Ix, available now at all of your friendly local game stores. Like Zulu's. <laughs> now, also staying in the sci-fi world, but going to television. Yes, sir. You and Joe have been watching the Halo series. Halo. And um, one of the biggest controversies was the fact that they unmasked Master Chief right at the beginning. And uh, the first episode, I believe, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it was uh, it's uh, the guy who uh, played uh, uh, Mad Sweeney in American Gods. Yeah, that's right. And uh, some various other things as well. Porn stash guy in orange is the exactly, new black. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. if you if you don't realize that, like just the body types of both of them, the difference when you look at like porn stash to Mad Sweeney to Master Chief, it's like. Wow, I didn't even recognize him until BJ mentioned that. Yeah, to me. and then you look, you like look real hard. You squint, you kind of tilt your head a little bit. You're like, oh, holy crap, that is him. Yeah, if you, there's a Halo after show on the if you're watching on the Paramount app, so you can check it out. And uh, oh, nice, very okay. similar to you know like the Talking Dead and the Ready Room for Star Trek, and you get to see what uh, what Pablo and the rest of the Silver Team go through have gone through to bulk up to the way they are. The regimen is just uh, it's brutal. I mean, they <laughs> they surely deserve praise for bulking up as much as you can to play these characters. That's for sure. And so how are you guys feeling about this? Because that was a really big thing, the fact that they unmasked Master Chief. But beyond that, how does it feel as a series? 
um, as being a person who has played the video games, because I know, Joe, I know for a fact that you have. Um, oh, yeah. And I don't know if BJ's played uh, the Halo games uh, 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 Joey, Joey watched me shoot the ground and shoot the sky a couple of times. <laughs> oh, back <laughs> in the day. Yeah, when the, when the first Halo came out. Yeah, I, I tried to play the series. <laughs> okay, so you don't really have a f- huge, uh, huge influence on that, but how do you guys both feel about it? Uh, I would say it's okay. I think if you don't know about the Halo series, like you don't know a whole lot about the story or anything, it's probably not that bad. You probably enjoy it. I wouldn't say they're doing anything magical. It kind of feels like they took all the sci-fi, the great greatest sci-fi shows of the last 10 years and tried to like take a little bit of each of them and just stick them into one show. All right. And it's like, which ironically, is not bad. Yeah. But it also doesn't really shine anywhere. There's nothing special about it. And this third episode was pretty slow. Not a whole lot happened. And just like all these shows these days, there's a lot of action in the first episode. Yeah. And then two and three don't seem to have much. So mm. we'll see. Yeah, that's. I, I, it yeah. feels like almost like a bait and switch when you're getting into it. Like they're getting these really big properties, and it almost also re- makes me realize it is based off of a video game and there's just a long standing tradition of like video game uh movies or tv shows not necessarily being that great yeah and i had a friend of mine who i recently game with who read the novels and so that's right there are yeah the halo yeah. novels yeah which take place at a different time than when this epi- than when this series is taking place and so, you know, he's bringing that to the table, which apparently they're not really doing a whole lot of, you know. So there is some revealing about who Master Chief was and what I guess the novels cover a little bit more about his backstory and everything. Okay. Which I asked him, I said, well, they bringing some of that at least to this? So we're getting to see ahead of time as opposed to learning after the fact about Master Chief. And is that why they're unmasking him? And, you know, he's kind of, he's okay. He's, it's ambiguous. He's like, it's all right. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Um, there's a lot of tropes here that, you know, like the, like the mother of Halo is in this and you know, it's like Daenerys, you know, I mean, she's, I mean, she's blonde and she's special. And, and she's with an alien race. Yeah. And, Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. She's, 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 that runs. Yeah. she's a fish out of water, you know, uh, and she's gonna, she's, they call her the blessed one. And you're oh, like, okay, oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. This is very Game of Thronesy, and I yeah. mean, this is a trope like you've been saying that is a constant along yeah. fantasy and sci-fi. Oh, and guess what? She there's another dude who's also very special that eventually they're going to get together. Oh Even, yeah. Though she swears she's going to kill him, but you know, I bet she's just going to John Snow him. I was uh, about to say, is his name uh, is, uh, rhymes with John Snow? It's Master Snow. Master. Uh, ah, Master, Master Snow. Snow. <laughs> yeah. So you know nothing, Master Snow. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Daenerys the Blood, da- Daenerys the Blessed, and we've got. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Master Snow, and that's so that's that trope, you know, that they've got in there. Um, and then there's the idea of okay, how are they getting Cortana in here? And I don't know from the main video game, but Cortana is actually inserted into Master Chief to control him because he seems yeah. like he's out of control, and that is a, a, a very much a staple in it. And as the storyline has gone on in the video games, Cortana herself gets a little bit corrupted, a little bit nutty, and so it kind of goes along those sort of lines. To even at the point in uh, Halo Infinite at this point in time, uh, Cortana is not a part of Master Chief, but still out there doing things. And maybe BJ can explain this better than I interpreted it. It's the most convoluted thing. It's like a scientist cloned herself because the only way they can create something for this AI, and it's kind of unclear, is to then liquid or liquidate the clone's brain so that Cortana can use it 
to then become herself. It doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it's it's like super sci-fi. What did you? So they, is it like when like Star Trek they just make up a term and well, then they're just like we're going to go with that and it's going to like you know well, like cue the dilithium crystals. It, it's, <laughs> it sounds believable when Star Trek does it, at least back in the day. Yeah, this one here is like okay, so you made a clone of yourself. Why? Because I need your brain. Okay, and you got to be awake, and then we abstract something from your brain, which I don't think is your whole brain, but is it some organic fluid from the brain that also keeps your me- memories or whatever? And then put it inside Master Chief, and then all of a sudden there's a hologram named Cortana. Okay. And Cortana doesn't seem to be anything like the clone, because the clone was exactly like the doctor, but the, the Cortana doesn't seem anything like the doctor. So. Does it look cool at least when they're extracting the fluid? I mean, it, you oh, know. she gets poked in the eye. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. just. Oh, then I don't want to yeah, watch this. Yeah, then they this. go through the eye. I don't know. I'm good. I'm good. Then, I don't need to yeah. deal with that. And she's saying you got to be awake for this procedure, and so yeah, and also she, hard pass. Yeah, and she's talking to herself, uh, you know, and her, so herself is like, oh, you're kind of the douche that would create a clone like me, and so they're going back and forth, and that was a fun discussion as the doctor gets to basically talk with themselves, and the doctor. The clone is from an earlier version of her own self, and so the clone's like, "Really, you've done this? The, the, you know, I remember back in the day, you wouldn't do anything like this." And well, things change. It's like, "Yeah, I don't think so. I think you've kind of compromised." And she's like, "You know, I'm going to stick a needle in your eye, you bitch." You know. <laughs> and uh, so, I, I mean, it's an interesting show. I don't find myself like, "Oh my god, I got to watch it." Uh, as a matter of fact, I haven't watched the latest episode yet, and I remember like last week I finally watched the episode two and three because I hadn't really rushed to watch episode two. Um, so yeah, it's it's an okay show. I you know I and I know what Halo fans feel like because I was crying so much about Mortal Kombat. Because they focused on a character that wasn't any. Yeah, they just added into it yeah. for no good reason. If you don't care about Mortal Kombat, it probably was a fun story. And to be honest, like uh, as much as I've loved Mortal Kombat, I didn't hate that aspect, but also it was kind of an eye roll moment. Like, okay, whatever, you have this character, sure. Can I just at least see some fighting? Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and that's why I was like, okay, fine, you know? I think that's what you can hope for with Halo. I think that's the best you can hope for because really... I mean, and his nothing. Joey and I called him. He's the he's the Halo Lorian. Oh yeah, it, it is. <laughs> That's so the other trope. Bad. Yeah, but he's not as good as Pedro. I mean, he's not. I mean, I look. You know, and Pablo is definitely a good actor. But I mean, you know, Pedro Pascal has shown us what a great sort of lone wolfy guy in a mask can be like. And yeah. and and so the Halo Lorian is not as good. <laughs> and I don't know if Daenerys the Blessed is as good as Master Snow. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> These are all rolled into this, and you're like, uh, we've seen this before. Is it as good? I don't know. It's like they just catamarried every single trope, and yeah. they're just like, we're going to have some fun with this. Dude, it's funny. <laughs> it really is. When you watch it, you're like, guys, like, I just watched The Expanse and Game of Thrones. Like, I know what all these things are, but they don't really fit because this isn't a story about Master Chief. You're just kind of doing whatever this you want to It sounds like do. it could be a brutal uh, <laughs> drinking game where it's like, if you can spot a trope and you can call it out, everybody has to take a drink. Oh, yeah. yeah. And every episode, every episode. Every episode is a flashback, so you can see why he's doing what he's doing in the current episode. Is we meet somebody, right. yeah, if we he, meet if we meets, meet a new guy who's his best buddy apparently, but we didn't know he's his best buddy. Uh, but they told us at the beginning of the episode, oh yeah, this is kind of his friend he betrayed. <laughs> oh, why are we seeing this? Oh, because he's going to go to that guy twenty years later. If I have to see another flashback with that stupid dog wolf thing, oh, where he's like God. doggo, oh, yeah. and I'm like doggo, yeah. sixth I know. time, and Every we still time. haven't learned anything about it's this. the dumbest. <laughs> yeah, he touches an artifact, and it's like this artifact is horrible. It keeps showing in the same movie. <laughs> it's like. 
like, really, dude, get a new DVD again? player. Yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> there's got to be a better cable plan that comes with this, you know, uh, this artifact. Well, if you still want to watch this, and I don't know if you do, you can check it out on Paramount Plus. It is the Halo TV series. Hey, the CGI's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There, at least there's something. Silver lining there's on that. that. And then going from amazing television like that to other amazing television, let's talk about the CW shows, Lo- uh, Superman and Lois, not Lois and Superman. That was a different one. Yeah. And, uh, and Flash as yes. well. Yes, well, Flash. Yes, it's Flash. Uh, I heard rumors, and it was just rumors, that they're not too impressed with uh, how the seasons are going, and they might do a truncated final season. Uh, Thank God. <laughs> I, I wanted to get your opinion, so I'm glad yeah, that it, uh, that came out there. It, it, but look, they, look, they're running out of stories, and they don't have a budget, so this is this is the problem. And, uh, yeah, the problem is is that I don't know what you can do to save this from a writing standpoint. I think that they're just like, look, we got to write something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Yeah, this, this, this season, and, and, and again— the way the season has been released, I forget. You know, I got to remember, like, what they, what the hell happened this season? I can't remember. Like, and what part of? Oh yeah, oh it was that bad guy. I remember that. Oh, that's right, the Armageddon guy and that stupid idiot. Uh, and then, you know, Despero. He was all the beginning of the season. And then we're. It's been so long, and so many breaks have been taken. And you know, now there's this. Black Flame. It's basically a cold fusion guy, Black Flame guy, who may be. Uh, Caitlin's old boyfriend Robbie from season one, and he was like pyro guy, where he could make he, he could blow up, and then he ended up becoming uh, like half and half with this. I don't know. I mean, one of the Legend of Tomorrow characters sort of became that character mixed up with one of the old dudes, and I can't remember anybody's name. <laughs> it um, sounds like you care too. <laughs> I, I really don't. That's the problem. I know. But Robbie Amell, who's Steve Amell's brother, Robbie stars in the show Upload. Um, Robbie. Oh. And I wonder if that's why they decided to bring this character back because Robbie's had some, you know, success and fame in that Amazon Prime series, which is a really good series, by the way. Um, and they're in season two. They just released that, and it's really good. Oh, nice. Uh, um, and so, Robbie, I, I think that's what's going to happen. We find, but it, it took so many episodes for this, and it, and and it's just like, my God, they go, we don't know why he's attacking. Who's he attacking? And it's like, well, he's attacking people because they're grief and they're mad, and maybe he's feeding up their grief. And now he's then he attacks. Killer Frost, and then and, and they go, well, why is he attacking Killer Frost? And, we don't, and, then, and then he goes and he attacks Caitlyn, and so eventually we realize, oh, it's the old boyfriend. And you're like, okay, but then why did he go attack everybody else? Caitlyn, he knows where Caitlyn lives. He knows where she is. He's known this the whole time. He found her apartment. He found everybody. What the hell? This is such bad writing. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they have to fill the storyline with, you know, Iris, because Iris... Um, who, you know what, I mean, I, 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 she's another one. I'm just, I, I don't care about your life. And look, she doesn't have any powers. Oh, now, except she's time sick. You know, guys, time Joe, you'll, sick. you'll love this, Joe. You that's don't like time that's travel? sickness. How about time sick? Yeah, there's some kid who's dressed like a high school kid who's the master of time. Like there's, you know, there's all about a bunch of forces. There's the speed force, yeah, which is where Barry gets his power, and then it gets embodied into Barry's mom. So Barry's mom, like the speed force, looks like Barry's mom. Your mom's the, the speed force. The time Martha. force looks like a high school kid <laughs> who's on the track team, okay, uh, or maybe the football team. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and all he does, here's his special power: he can disappear in green pixie dust. Poof. 
I guess he controls That's time. That's fun. That's like a leprechaun. Yeah, and he goes <laughs> and he says, I'm the master of time. And of course, when you met the guy, he was really like, this guy can really F with you. Then he comes back and says, yeah, I really can't do anything, Iris. I'm sorry, you're time sick. And it's like, wow, you used to be really powerful, but like everybody on this show, whenever there's a bad guy, you are not powerful at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, we we're just talking about tropes, but that's a pretty standard trope when oh, it comes down horrible. to any of that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Killer Frost has never been more useless in her entire life. I mean, really. It's like, I remember when she could kill the Flash when she was yeah, like that. right? Yeah, but once they become on a part of your team oh, and then they lose it. all their powers and they can't do anything. Can't do a damn thing. Even yeah. though she still seems to have all her powers. It's just she forgets how to use them, I guess. Uh, I know. Well, I went good and when I became a good guy, I forgot how to use my powers even though I still have... Oh, okay. Well, that's the key to every great storyline, right? You got to power your character up and then they got to somehow have the amnesia or something yep. and then they got to relearn who they are but then they're not powerful again so they got to power up again. And- Here's the problem. <laughs> they don't even do that for us, Joe. They give us no reason why she sucks except that she, she still is able to throw like the power frosty Mr. Freeze you know, dry ice shot at somebody and it does nothing. It, looks it does nothing. I mean, it used to freeze everybody to death. <laughs> now it does nothing. I mean, it's just like, wow. It used to be you looked at somebody and they were dead. Now you basically freeze the F out of them and they go, hi, I'm still here. <laughs> Spontaneous amnesia is a great way to fix any problem, okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so, I can see that you're still riveted on this show. So yeah, the Flash is still the Flash. And I, you know what? If they wish to truncate the season now, that would be great. How about on the other side here with uh, Superman and Lois? Well, because you have been stating that this is one for you because yeah. it's you know parents dealing with par- uh, parental stuff, and you can kind of identify more with what Superman and Lois has been going have been going <sighs> through. So, Uh-oh. this is what happens: when you don't have a budget. When you don't have a budget, <laughs> then you have to come up with a lame storyline. And I don't know; maybe this is actually from the comics because I don't follow DC Comics a lot. So, yeah. it could very well be that this sort of uh, cult leader. Uh, person is indeed somebody that uh, is from the comics and this is how they're writing her. I don't know. Somebody who knows Superman better than me. Um, but, you know, is this just too much w- WB drama? You know, there really is. It's just like the kids that are whining because the father went out and almost got killed because, well, guess what? He's trying to save the world. And the kids is like, don't forget mom who looks just like Lois Lane, though from another dimension. And so that's not your mom. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I hate these. Played I hate, by the same actress because we don't need father. to worry about that. I literally, <laughs> I, I think I hate every person under the age of 20 on this show. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> shut up, you whiny bee. I mean, oh, that's just, my it's just, I mean, it's, 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 it's the whiny bee, the WB. Oh, um, except it's the C-dub. Oh my God. It's yeah. not even the WB anymore, man. <laughs> oh, it is the C-dub. You're right. The crazy uh, bee. Right, so, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean. Yeah, that's right. It's not <laughs> I can tell that I can wow. tell that you're very exasperated by I, it. I, yeah, I totally I forgot. So yeah, so it's the C dub. You're right, and it's uh, it's horrible. Um, <laughs> every storyline is horrible. The only good storyline was Bizarro, which I thought was going to be a cool storyline. Yeah, but that's a horrible storyline. Uh, uh, again, I really think it's just a budgetary thing. Are you hate watching it at this point, or like what's going on? Like, I mean, it's going to be. I think it's going to. I'll tell you what. It'll probably be. We'll give it three seasons, like we did Legends of Tomorrow, like Fair we did enough. Supergirl. Yeah, and then they'll just run out of things that are interesting um you know uh, it's still interesting to see what superboy can do and but it's just also drama it's just like you know if people would actually talk to each other none of this show could ever happen (laughs) 
Honestly, it's always like, well, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. And keep a secret, keep a secret. And then the dude that keeps the secret says, you know what, man, I shouldn't have kept a secret. And then he turns around and talks to his brother five days later, and his brother's keeping a secret. It's like, dude, you're the same brother that yelled at him for keeping a secret, <laughs> and now you're asking him to keep a secret. And they bounce back and forth with secret time. You're just like, I am s- so stupid. I, I like mean, secret time. Oh, it is just, and it really is, I hate to say it, is prepubescent teenage girl entertainment i mean it's i know i mean it's just a label that it is it's like who does this it feels like you know gossipy girls in high school does this is the way they all behave and i, I don't know i've been in high school for a long time maybe everybody behaves this way now I but know. i, I remember when i that. went it was just like tee hee tee hee and I'm like oh all the girls were saying bad stuff about somebody uh and that's what this whole show is are you saying that superman can't get viewers on tiktok no <laughs> i mean come on no i mean it's just Spill I mean, that tea, oh. superman so just just like oh give me a break the only good thing and i will say there is the joke that we make there's one I, i'm sorry uh, jocelyn picard you have a great last name uh she plays the younger kid of of uh, of, of one of the other people in the show and she can't act and so so the, so the joke is is that every time she comes on screen and they try to talk to her and or she'll ask a question like daddy why do you live in another place because they're going through a divorce or something and i and i always go because you can't act <laughs> I, I i can't stay on the, i can't stay living in this house anymore because you can, everything is you can't and, and, and my daughter and i have a great time with it because it is so bad it's like does she even look at the right camera you know she has this glazed look on her face and either that or either that she's like i hate being on this show too <laughs> this show is so bad well i know let's move away from the uh from the cw world and let's go back to raised by wolves oh yeah sci-fi i know oh, you've yeah. been very stoked about this show um season two is finished uh, joe have you finished season two yet i finished season one. Oh, good oh, job my gosh so i did it whoa so you haven't even started season two yet no we got like 20 minutes into the next episode Whoa. and things happen and then my okay. computer died and well, you know but oh, yeah, so well. so it is on uh, season 2 has finished yes it has um yeah. joe how, how do you feel about season 1 though season 1 was a little slow but it has a really good setup and i can see why season 2 was probably really well done, like why people really liked it because they kind of did a lot of world building in season 1 mm-hmm. And there's a lot of dealing with kids and things I tend to realize in shows that are very serious. When you got a lot of kid actors, people tend to get a little worn out of them. You know, like the kid. <laughs> I mean, my running joke with my roommate who I watch this with is every time Campion comes on the on the screen, I go, like, what is Campion going to say next? Campion? Campion? Because the robots just yell his name nonstop throughout the whole <laughs> exactly. show. I know. It's so true. Campion is so annoying. And he's a little, I mean, he's I, don't, a, he's I, don't, a, I won't say anything. Yeah, he's, he's annoying. Uh, and, I, and from what ha- what I understand is that this show was filmed a while ago, and really nobody caught on or nobody cared. And then it was picked up by HBO or something, and because Campion is a lot older in season two, it, it, they had to make a comment about it because he grew even more than Will Robinson did from season two to season three of Lost in Space on Netflix. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. so it's pretty like. Wow, Campion. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Campion, why are you taller than me? Campion, what? Oh, you're Campion? Oh, wow. Hi. Oh, wow. Uh, it's season two is still slow. No. Yeah, I, 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 it still is slow. Um, but, it, it, but, but I mean, it's slow, but it has very tense, suspenseful moments that even those small moments are going to make you think. At least I think it's as slow as season one. I could be wrong. It might be faster than season one um, because. There is a different kind of world building, 
which is exciting because, and I think you're going to see this anyway, uh, and maybe not. I don't. But, but they spoil it. It'll be they a go. Forget. They go to a different <laughs> part of the planet. They've been threatening to go to the tropical zone in season one the entire time. They finally go to the tropical zone, and that is a cool world, and that provides a bunch of challenges that you don't expect. And um, also, there's some cool stuff that happens uh, to the characters on the show. I mean. Uh, and, and, and you know, and Campion is you know he, he's the chosen one, if no, you will. Of course. Uh, if you don't know, Raised by Wolves, it, it, it's a fascinating story where uh, our world, Earth as we know it, uh, is basically devastated because of a huge religious war. And what I like about it is it's not any modern day religion you know. The the, the religionists are, are are basically worshiping the sun, and it's no religion that we recognize. But they are definitely like heavily into this religion. And then they're the atheists, and of course, they just are like, F that. But they are extreme to the point where they don't value any life if you are at all believing in religion. So that is the world that we're building. And the atheists really believe, one of the main atheists really believed that the only way to keep the world going uh, was to create these two androids um, and have them basically sire an entire new race of humanity by getting these embryos traveling to Kepler, and uh, which is a, a real planet that yep. we know mm-hmm. about, yeah. uh, and traveling to Kepler and then settling the new human race there since Earth is just unlivable and gonna everyone's going to die. Uh, and so they use artificial means to raise these human embryos and and, the, and mother and father, the androids, are the ones that take care of these kids. And Campion is one of the kids uh, out of the many that they bring onto that planet. Uh, and uh, so that's the premise of that story. But the religion is built an arc where a bunch of them are going to be on there, but the, it's going to take longer to get to Kempler than it would the androids since the androids weren't alive and the kids weren't incubated yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the atheists were able to get there first. And as we saw in the first season, the religion has thought, hey, we got everybody here. We're going to settle. And we learned something about one of the androids who seemed to be just two service androids. We learned something about one of them that, oh, you're not just a service android at all. We learn, it turns out she is a weapon that was used actually by the religionists. Um, to the point oh. where she flies around like she's on the cross. She looks very Jesus-like. Oh, weird. As okay. She, as she dispenses her religious justice to all of the atheists, as you see flashbacks to the war where these, they call them necromancers, were used. Wow. Um, and that's where the title is amazing, because as you watch the show and then you learn that she's a necromancer, I thought the title of the show is amazing, because the children are being raised... By wolves in sheep's clothing. That was the uh, parenthetical part yeah, of the show. Yeah, because she yeah. was supposed to be an, just a regular android that was all about mothering and loving and whatever. But in reality, she's a death machine, mothering and murdering. Yeah. So I thought this title is amazing. And also, other people that want to raise these children, as we find out, well, they're not nice people either. We learn, and, and what I love about this show is we learn about the religionists. And the religionists, not nice people. Mm-hmm. Not nice people at all, as we find out. A uh, horrible storyline about a girl that got raped by somebody who believed he was listening to the words of God. Ooh. And, you know, so yeah. that was a thing in the first season. So you go, all right, well, if and if you're somebody who is religious, you're like, well, this sucks. They're just basically making us all look bad. Well, season two then focuses on... The atheists, and guess what? They're not great either? No, they're a-holes, too. (laughs) Shocking. Uh, People are a-holes. Yeah, so what I like about this is that both sides really are... You could see how the Earth was destroyed by both sides, because it was just like extremists 
are really not cool. You know, extremism mm-hmm. is not a good thing for humanity. I think that's a big message. Um, but the, the, the way they've gone to parts of Africa to, to film there, a lot of this is basically uh, is on set. So they've really created some beautiful, weird-looking things because they said there's some weird topography in, Ala- uh, in Africa that a lot of us haven't seen. Makes it look like you're on an alien planet. Wow, so it's not just uh, CGI backdrops or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and uh, so I will tell Joe uh, they introduce a new character. We've got mother, we've got father, and Joe. Oh, soon you'll meet grandmother. Oh, oh grandmama. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, well, it's but it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. I, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I love this show. It is slow, but it also is an amazing story that I don't feel like has been told before. I mean, there aren't a lot of tropes in my mind. It looked like it was going to jump the shark at the end of season one where basically she gives birth to a snake, and you're like, what the F is going on? <laughs> There's, a, But again, the snake has a lot of religious overtones. Yes. When you think about it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the this android is actually... Um, Though you'll now, and I think you're starting to suspect, Joe, she's manipulated because she's not supposed to be giving birth to a snake. She thought she was going to give birth to a regular being, like it was going to be a human-android hybrid. Yeah. That's not the case. Um, Drama suspense. Yeah, and, you know, as much as we hate Campion... Uh, I'm, you know, yeah. but Amanda Collin and Abukar Salim, uh, mother and father are terrific. And also, uh, Travis Fimmel as Marcus also, cause Marcus, I mean, it's a wonderful storyline. Marcus is an atheist along with his wife who basically killed two characters and then altered their faces to look like the characters because they could sneak, so they could sneak aboard the Ark Ooh. and basically pass themselves off as religionists, even though they're atheists. Yeah, Totally. So what happens to Marcus and his storyline, which really develops out more in season two, is unbelievable uh, because turns out this guy that said he was hearing the voice that said to do this horrible thing to these to this girl and, and, and rape her so that she would have a baby. Turns out the voice was real. Oh, that's what we find out in season mm. two is that the voice was real. And so you're like, OK. What the hell's going on? Also, turns out this Kepler, why are we finding artifacts that relate to the religion of soul on Kepler? Because humans have never been to Kepler, have they? Or have they? And then there are these sea creatures that are humanoid that we haven't seen. We've seen some creatures, Joe, and they've given you a hint about those creatures a little bit, I think, in season one as to like, wait a minute, are these animal creatures that are here? But... Wait a second, what are these? Uh, and then you see more creatures as we get to a different part of the planet in season two. You see more artifacts from uh, the, the religionists to the point like, well, the religionists have never been here. Why are these artifacts here? Uh, and all of a sudden, the voice of soul and the religion, like, what is going on? And you're like, okay, this is some serious ass. Uh, including a giant snake that's running around. Uh, <laughs> oh, the giant or, snake is still running or around. I then. should say flying around. Oh, geez. Okay, oh, it got yeah. wings now. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's trippy. But I'm afraid to say, Joe. It, I mean, uh, maybe you think it'll be a little faster. I don't know. I thought it was just as the same pace, but I still loved it. Spoiler: At the end of season one, when they have the snake or whatever, and yeah. there's a huge religious thing about how there's a snake in all of us. Yeah. And my friend just looks at me and he goes, "I can tell you what's going to happen at the end of season two. And I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, he's, like, he's no. going to be an apple and a tree." Yeah, and- no, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say you're completely wrong. 
But I don't think he's right about what he thinks he's going to happen. Ooh, interesting. Uh, so but, you, you still got to watch it. But yeah, it's very yeah. religious. No <laughs> doubt about it. That snake is, you're right. There, there's there's going to be a tree. Well, <laughs> are there TV shows you love or TV shows you hate? Let us know. Send us an email at bjgeeknation.com. Until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.